0: Well, it is an uncomfortable conversation we need to have. Roman Yossi is officially in a slump after going a full one game without scoring a point. We're getting, of course, but hey, the Preds won last night, 4-1 to one, in a game that we probably need to dig a little bit deeper into. Plus, the herd line comes up big again, as well as the fourth line. Why are the Preds role players playing so well right now? And Western Conference Wednesday, who has the easiest track in the West to a playoff spot? And how hard is the Predators road going forward? All topics we'll talk about today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your
1: Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com. And I have, as always, a partner in crime. You do.
1: I am Anne Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com.
0: You got to see last night's game in person, Anne. I did. Thank goodness I had a
1: waffle cone of chocolate soft serve ice cream to keep me from... Losing my mind at certain points in the game, but yes, I got to see it live and in person.
0: It was great, yeah, it was great. Um, the game itself Mm. is weird, weird is a good way to describe it. Uh, the Predators won four to one, they beat the Ottawa Senators, and uh, they scored four straight goals to end the game. You would think that's you know a good sign that things are maybe turning around, but then you dig a little bit deeper into the stats, and you start to notice some problems. So Anne, let's lead it off with your one word to describe last night's game.
1: Yes, so my one word is despite. So despite committing penalties and struggling at times defensively, the Predators came away with a win. Despite porous at-time defense, UC Saros threw this team on his back and helped yeah. them win. Despite playing a young team that was struggling at times, the Predators had to work hard to get this win. So this was a game of despites. You know, it, it didn't go the way it should have gone The Predators did get a win, but it didn't go the way that it should have gone. I I guess that's the best way I can describe it.
0: It didn't feel like a win that you can look at and be like, hell yeah, the Predators are back (laughs) on track. Yes, Uh, no, it was was not that. It was more of a win where it was like, it's, it's four to one. Why does it feel this exhausting to sit through?
1: Yes, it was a... This was not the game that was reassuring to Nashville Predators fans as we're looking at heading down the stretch into the playoffs. Like we need that game, but this was not it.
0: No, there is a one word. Well, I guess kind of three words that I would use to describe the game. Um, And do you watch the Simpsons at all? Were you a Simpsons aficionado back in the day?
1: I was not. No, I'm not a big, I don't know much about the Simpsons.
0: Man, that's a, that's a different topic for the other day. So they do okay. a thing every year called a tree house of horror. And it's basically <laughs> like kind of like three Halloween skits every year on Halloween. And there's one where like Homer gets caught in like alternate dimensions, uh, like kind of like a ripple timeline sort of thing where it's like, there's all these alternate realities uh like there's one where like he he accidentally goes back in time and ruins something and sets up all these different alternate realities and it shows him like trying to get like back to his family um like the normal version of his family and he goes through one where they're like millionaires and it rains donuts but he doesn't know that and like kind of like all these like wild sort of alternate realities and he gets to one Uh, He gets to one where it's like they're all the normal family again. He thinks he's finally made it home. And, you know, they're sitting down to eat. And then he notices the family like eats like lizards where they like lap their tongues out. (laughs) And instead of like going again, he just goes, eh, close enough. (laughs) Eh, close enough is how I look at last night's game. Mm -hmm. You know, and at this point... The important thing are points. I am not going to rant and rave about any game in which the Predators get two points from here on out. Um, But, you know, textbook is not how I would describe the game uh, because I thought the Ottawa Senators, for the most part, outplayed the Predators
1: Mm -hmm. in
0: most of the game. So that's something that I think the Predators really are going to have to dive into. But, you know, at the end of the day, they did get two points. So, you know, it, it's it's weird where it's like, you know, you, you don't want to be like, yeah, that kind of performance is is going to get us far into the postseason. But you also don't want to, like, minimize the fact that, hey, the Preds found a way to win this game. So it's like different. Yeah,
1: yeah you have to sort of balance that this game brings up feelings and some of them are very uncomfortable. And I think you kind of have to balance it. I agree with you. This is two points. And at, you know, at this point in the season, two points is valuable. And I don't necessarily think that the senators outplayed the predators. I think the predators underplayed this game.
0: Fair. That's a fair assessment.
1: And I think it's very, you know, it's very obvious, I think, what went wrong. The Predators had penalty. They had five penalties in the first period. I mean, you can't. We talked about yesterday on our show, the Predators, one of the keys to this game was the Predators needed a hot start. You just simply can't have a hot start when you are committing five penalties in the first period. So I think it's pretty obvious how the Predators need to play and what they need to correct. So that is a little bit reassuring. I don't think you have to be Scooby-Doo in the mystery machine to figure out what John Hines is going to you know, address in the locker room or the tone of voice in which he will address those things,
0: <laughs> yeah. But my, my one of my, my second favorite quote from last night's media, we're gonna have the first favorite quote oh, yeah, up in a little bit. Uh, but my second favorite quote from media last night was somebody asked John Hines, you know, Brooks Bratton does his standard, uh, um, you know, what do you think about the game? Mm-hmm. And John Hines looks at <laughs> and goes, Oh, I had a lot of thoughts on the game. Uh, oh. so it's like, Oh, oh.
1: Oh, somebody's in trouble
0: yeah. that, is, that is like somebody who it's like your your kid didn't study for the exam but somehow got an a minus anyway yes and you're like damn it good job
1: yeah so yeah like it, you need to learn a life lesson but you didn't this time okay
0: yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like oh it's gonna bite you someday yeah
1: Yes, and it will. The mistakes the Nashville Predators made last night would absolutely bite them in the backside in so many other games. They were very fortunate. Uh, And some aspects of their game were good enough to come back and win this game. But there were plenty of aspects that were not good enough. And if you're playing a team other than the Ottawa Senators, this game is not going to get you where you need to go so they got away with it this time i think it's pretty obvious what they need to clean up and fix Uh, i think john hines will make sure that it's very obvious what they need to fix but this isn't it's a win but it's not necessarily the win you wanted
0: Gonna go into some of the finer points in just a second, uh, including what the preds need to improve on. But a lot of stuff did go well, including the depth scoring coming to life. Yet again, we'll talk about what makes them so good, though. First, though, we want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're fan favorites with a lot of great people. Uh If you haven't tried the Puffs, that's something you're definitely going to want to check out. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. It's not just a protein bar. It's a treat. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. You have that covered in 100% real chocolate. And it comes in a couple different flavors. There's cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so many others. Um, If marshmallows aren't your thing, which we get it. Uh, They still have plenty of normal great tasting flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, and white chocolate cookies and cream. Uh, There's something for everyone. No matter what you get, though, you can guarantee that you will have a healthy tasting treat. That's because all Built Bars are low in calories, low in sugars, low in net carbs, but high in protein. So not only will it help you build muscle, it helps you stay full longer for each day. You can try it yourself. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's all one word. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Yeah, and uh, we, we made the joke about it off the top. Was was Roman Yossi, uh, his, his long, uh, I think it was 13 game. Yes. Point scoring streak is officially over. He came one game, one game shy of recording a point in every single game in March. Um, So close. But it's it's funny because last night was one of the best Roman Yossi games I had seen Mm -hmm. in quite some time.
1: Yeah, last night was definitely a strong game from Yossi defensively. And thank goodness for that because... The Predators needed it for sure. It was so disappointing, though. I will say I was really disappointed that he didn't get a point. I kept thinking at the very end when the um, Ottawa Senators went empty net, I was like, stick Roman Yossi out there and Michael McCarran, and let Roman Yossi get an assist for the point and Michael McCarran get a hat trick and we can all go home feeling a little bit better that didn't happen. Uh, Roman oh, Yossi no. didn't get a point, and Michael McCarron only had two goals. But, you know, it was it was hard to see that kind of streak end for Roman Yossi, I'm sure the Colorado Avalanche fans are like, see, we told you. Yeah. It's McCarron. McCarr
0: would have gotten a point in last <laughs> night's game.
1: That's Devin, right.
0: Yeah, the the analytics guy also would have been like, see, Devin Tays. That's why you need Devin Tays out there.
1: Yep. Yeah, but he did have a, you know, Roman Yossi did have a good game. Look, this game, because the Predators started out with so many penalties, this was a dig out game. This was, you know, it. You we weren't far into this game before we knew, oh, it's going to be one of those nights where they're going to scratch their way back into the game. So it just didn't set Roman Yossi up for a typical Roman Yossi night from the get go.
0: But it was because remember, you know, the argument we had the other day when we were talking about, you know, Yossi versus Makar in the Norris race was Mm -hmm. the fact that Makar was a little bit better on defense statistically this year. And last night, I feel like was Roman Yossi's way of saying, all right, you want defense, we're going to stuff some defense down your throat. (laughs) Uh, Because he proved – Yet again, like, he's not just an offensive-minded mm-hmm. defenseman. He is a shutdown defender. Um, You know, we saw it last night, like, almost four minutes on the penalty kill, which, you know, remember at the beginning of the year, he really wasn't being used on the penalty kill at all. Um, And then four takeaways last night. So he was active everywhere yes. on the ice. He played almost 28 minutes last night too which you know god they they really need to take that back don't they <laughs> like just just yes. to take some pressure off of these guys um also good to see matthias eckholm kind of step up with a three-point night you know that, that's something yes. we we haven't heard a lot about Eckholm scoring this year we know he's capable of it it's just not really his role with the preds anymore so it's kind of good to see him step up and have a big game and he was another one that i thought played really well even apart from the score sheet as well.
1: Yes, I thought uh, Ekholm and Yossi both had strong defensive nights. There were a couple moments where some of the other defensemen, you know, kind of struggled with some giveaways, some turnovers in the defensive zone. But for the most part, once Nashville kind of got out of this first period penalty slump, they really did play a much stronger performance defensively. And also cannot say enough about UC Soros in this game. Right. It is very clear that UC Soros is the only one that listens to our podcast because he did what <laughs> we asked him to do. And he played such a strong game. He was so dialed into this game. And it's it's hard to quantify how it's almost an eye test. But you can tell when he is tracking the puck and is really on it. And, you know, he faced some problems. Hard shots, he had, you know, a two on none, he had some on the um, power play for the senators, they had some backdoor shots that he shut down, he had a penalty shot that he was like, not on my watch. So UC Soros was the UC Soros that carried this team. Unfortunately, this team was the team that UC Soros has to carry. So it kind of bounced out. But Soros had a phenomenal game in net. Just, you know, we've talked about how he's looked maybe a little bit off. He did not look off last night.
0: Yeah, in fact, uh, one of our listeners, J.W. Hood, kind of called us out on it last night. He's like, I know you guys had some worries about UC, but how are you feeling right now? Uh after a performance like last night, certainly feel uh certainly feeling a lot better. So we will yes. we will gladly eat some crow on that one. Good to see Soros for real. Um kind of have kind of the vintage performance that we had seen from him mm-hmm. earlier this season. Uh the big yep. stars of the night, though, and for me was the predators depth. Uh yes. that's like the, the guys that you would consider your bottom six, even though right now they're kind of looking more like your middle six, and that is the herd line as well as the line of Michael McCarron, Nick Cousins, and Phil Tomasino. Like, mm-hmm. those six are once again, like, and it's, you know, it's not just them having good games. It's them playing in a way that kind of embodies everything you think Preds hockey should be. Yes. You know, it's just like the, the way they play, the intensity they play with, you know, the, the push that they get on like every single, you know, play, like they never take a play off. They never look outmatched against anybody, you know, regardless of it was against like the Senator's top line with like Brady Kachuk and Josh Norris. Um, it doesn't matter if they're going against like another kind of grit intensity line, they go out there and they play the same way and they win battles. That's the yes. key to me is they're going out there and it's not just, you know, excite the crowd with a couple of you know block shots and big hits they're going out there and making plays like really good hockey plays mm-hmm. and we're seeing it a lot uh from the group of six that we we're talking about and that's that's exciting because that is what a Stanley Cup winner has yes. are those sort of role players who not only are going to like you know give you exciting minutes that make you go ooh and ah mm-hmm but they're role players who make plays in critical moments. That's what the Preds have right now in these guys.
1: Yeah, and I think that's huge because oftentimes you can have a bottom six and what your your expectations are is they don't do any damage. And this bottom six really, like you said, instigates things. They instigate play. They reset this team back to forechecking, hard-hitting, uh, gritty Predators hockey. And I think that's something that is really helpful even for the top two lines because they reset the game in a lot of ways and kind of circle it back to where the top two lines can maybe be more productive. So don't underestimate the value of that bottom six, especially coming down the stretch, not just in scoring, but just like you said, in their presence on the ice and what they do for this team.
0: Yeah. Um, It's funny. We mentioned Michael McCarron. He spent Five seasons with the canadians he was their first round pick let's not forget um played well played almost 70 career games with them only two goals his entire Crazy. time there he's had two last night he now has six goals and seven points in 44 games with the predators this season so he has done more this year in fewer games with the Nashville Predators than he had his entire career with the Canadians, um, and it's a it's a good story too, and it, it's funny and and I kind of want to get your take on this. It just seems like the Predators have a lot of redemption stories. You know, guys that were like AHL guys, and it's like, oh, why are you playing them? Mm-hmm. Um, who wind up having big impacts? I mean, what was our favorite story from a couple of years ago? Rocco Grimaldi. Yes. Same thing. Yeah. And, you know, you're kind of seeing it the past few games with like Jeremy Lazan mm-hmm. uh, for a short period. We saw it with like Jared Tenorti. Um, you know, there's you go back and there's like all these like kind of people that have, you know, other teams have sort of given up on or resigned to just kind of having a minuscule role that come to nashville and find new life and it's happened under multiple coaches so you know i'm kind of curious what you think the reason for that is Anne.
1: I think a lot of it has to do with the style of Nashville Predators hockey. You can talk about Philip Forsberg and how he plays and, you know, his amazing offensive talent, Matt Duchesne the same way, but what it all really boils down to here in Nashville is the basics executed. Well, you know, the Nashville Predators are not a team that are going to wow you with all of their flash necessarily. This is a team that's going to beat you doing the basics of hockey. And I think, Sometimes players who don't have that kind of zhuzh or extra something in their game are oftentimes overlooked and and underutilized. And I think when you come to somewhere like Nashville, it's not necessarily that Nashville's trying to... add a ton of fanciness to their game. I think it's really taking what a player is good at and making sure it's the right fit. And I think Jeremy Lazan is, is going to be an example of that where it, you know, not super successful in Seattle, uh, but he may be the right fit. And I think, for all of the complaints that people have about David Poyle, I think David Poyle really knows exactly what he wants and how he wants to construct this team. And I think he's able to identify players who may be overlooked in fancier systems.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I think about that. A team that was really good at that over the past few years has been the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. It's that yeah. same kind of, I remember, they won a Stanley Cup with Zach Bogosian, Luke Shen, And Kevin Shattenkirk playing a lot of minutes. And those were guys that like a lot of, you know, the expert people from the eye tests down to the analytics, people were like, stay away from them. Mm -hmm. Like they're bad hockey players. And they found a way to be like, you know what? Maybe they're not bad hockey players. Maybe they're just in, you know, a role they're not supposed to be in. We think we can use them differently and get some value out of them. So I kind of get that same vibe from some of the recent signings uh that yeah. David Boyle has. You know, even look at Tanner Janot, you know, a yes. guy who who wasn't drafted anywhere, like wasn't drafted like to go into juniors, wasn't drafted into the NHL. This time last season, he was in the ECHL. He wasn't even in Milwaukee. He started in the ECHL and ended the year by being a player, the Predators protected at the expansion draft. Like it is yes. crazy. And, you know, we, we talked to, we we heard, I kind of teased this earlier, my favorite South height from last night. Uh, somebody <laughs> actually asked Michael McCarron about Tanner Janot and the herd line and just kind of the energy that they put out. This was great. Well, our third line is a bunch of mutants there. <laughs> They win faceoffs. They're hard on pucks. You know they chip it in. They they play. You know they they're they're the stuff. They're predators hockey. Those guys, and I think they they really run our they really run our uh, run our team the way we want to play. Um, you know, our line's a bit different. I think, you know, I'm playing with two really high-skilled players. Um, so, for me, I try to play like the guys in the third line and, and, and chip it in and, and play with my body and create some room for those two guys. And I think it's been working because those two guys are really silky and they can make plays with each other and I just score them that and, you know, try to cash in on some, you know, greasy rebounds or, or things like that. So, um, you know, I think our bottom six has been good. I think, I mean, there's always room to be to be better. and. Um, you know, we're going to con- continue to get better here heading into the playoffs and we're excited for it. First off, can we just appreciate Michael McCarron as a person? Yes. Big, big sexy.
1: <laughs> I I mean, I am horrified and delighted by his nickname. Horrified and delighted. Yes. Big sexy.
0: Yeah. We were talking earlier. Does this make Matt Luff, uh, Razor Ramon? Like, you know, does does he need to come out and be like the the NWO? Philip Thomasino <laughs> the Golden Child can be the Hulk Hogan. Yeah. There, there's a lot of alternate possibilities here. But you know, it was it's the that by the the mutants, the bunch of freaks, you know. Yes. Doesn't that like embody, you know? the the identity of the predators like they're not your prototypical sydney crosby austin matthews type guys but they go out there and play the predator's way like that's just a perfect in you know i agree with everything McCarron said like that the herd line was what he mentioned but i didn't include his line too you know him Mm -hmm. cousins and thomasino or matt luff when he fills in that line too is also the embodiment of Predators hockey. And I yes. love it. Like, I love seeing that.
1: Yes. And I love uh, McCarron kind of laughing and, and talking about, you know, he plays like the third line, but he's got these silky guys uh, with Tomasino and cousins yeah. on the line with him. And, but it works, you know, that really works. And there's a part of me As we talked about yesterday, one of the keys to this game was to get that first line going. And the first line really didn't necessarily go, you know, like we would have liked in this game. And I wonder if they're getting away from just that Michael McCarron style of hockey and doing a little too much silky hockey. Um, Because... They can and here's the thing, that top line can execute beautiful hockey. They really oh, can. Yeah. But I think their success, you think about a lot of Philip Forsberg's goals and and they're the gritty goals. They're the hard fought goals. You know, Matt Duchesne is great when he is sport checking and playing along the boards. He comes out with the puck. And I feel like maybe we're not seeing as much of that from that top line. And and that might be why they've been a little quiet
0: lately. Yeah, that top line is like the burgers at the barbecue Mm -hmm. and, you know, the herd line and McCarran's line. They're like the potato salad, the baked beans, the deviled eggs. Like, you know, yeah, you you need a good burger because Mm -hmm. that's going to be what, you know, team like your people remember your barbecue by. That's going to be what teams how you have success in the postseason. But you have good sides. You're really gonna round out that meal. Yes, a hundred percent. Very hungry. <laughs> for we sure. need to fire up the grill after this, Anne. For sure, um, it's Western Conference Wednesday. It so is. for this Western Conference Wednesday, we're looking at some of the other teams in the Western Conference and their paths to the playoffs uh you know which team we think has the easiest path which team we think has the hardest path um and how that might impact the playoff race um and let's get it out of the way and the predators path is not good at all
1: it is brutal it is i just looking through all of this i was like really <laughs> Yeah, this is this is and we had talked about this earlier in the season. April is not an easy month for Nashville. And as it gets closer, it it just looms large. This is when the Predators are really going to have to kick it in because their remaining schedule is a challenging schedule for sure.
0: Yeah. So there's this website called Tankathon uh, that measures strength of schedule uh, and, they, and they basically do it with like a combination mm-hmm. of winning percentage uh, points per game, goals, all that good stuff. Uh, Nashville in the entire league, not the Western mm-hmm. conference has the fifth hardest remaining schedule. And you look at yes. like they got, they had Colorado, uh, f- uh, Florida, Tampa, two games against Calgary, two games against the wild. Both of those teams have been red hot. And then mm-hmm. you have the Pittsburgh Penguins. And yeah, yeah those are those are two very, <laughs> yeah. very hard opponents. Like that is a rough April. It uh, is. So that, you know, the is, it's safe to say the Preds have a little bit of an uphill battle.
1: They do. And it's not even just so much for me, the teams that they're facing, although that is challenging enough, it's the structure of their schedule. So they have back-to-backs they play St. Louis on the second half of a back to back they play Minnesota on the second half of a back to back like these are games that they really need to win in the western conference and they're playing they're going to come into them af, you know off of a game the night before and so the structure of the schedule i think it is a packed schedule and it's just not favorable in very many ways at all
0: well, it's funny. Remember when you said Minnesota is the second half to the back-to-back?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do You know who the first team is that they play that weekend? Tampa Bay, isn't it's, it? Yeah, the two-time defending standard. That Cup sounds
1: Champions. fun. <laughs> so,
0: and and they play Tampa on the road, and then come back to Nashville the next day. So, there's also going to be some travel considerations there. Yes. Um, you know, as far as other teams you know, as far as playoff teams in the West, the only two teams you can really look at and say they kind of have an equal level of difficulty for the Preds that are at least relevant to the playoff race are Edmonton and Colorado. Yes. uh, Because they're both kind of sandwiched on either side of the Preds in terms of hard schedule. You know, you look at Colorado, they got a game against Carolina two against Pittsburgh, and then they have a showdown with Minnesota and then us um, and they don't really play a lot of easy teams. They got Seattle and New Jersey, but that's, that's about it. Everybody else, like one of their weakest opponents is Winnipeg, who right yes. now is on a monumental run and they're a team that might sneak into the postseason. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a good, it's going to be interesting to see if Colorado can finish strong too, because you can make an argument that, you know, yeah, they've played well and look at all these points that I've racked up. But you can also argue they've played the easiest part of their schedule, and, right? You know, now it's going to be like, okay, is this just performing really well against you know uh, kind of a favorable schedule, or is this team for real? So that's going to kind of be interesting for the Abs coming up.
1: It's going to sort some things out for Colorado for sure because they're looking at a rough, rough April, um, and I also think even though statistically maybe it's not as high, Minnesota, they have 17 games left as compared to uh, a lot of the teams that have 15, 14, 13 games left. And they end with Calgary and Colorado. So they really, you know, in it, for a team that's kind of still vying for a playoff spot, you know, they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to finish very strong in this, uh, in the Western conference. And, you know, it's not, it's not a gimme schedule for Minnesota either.
0: No, I mean, they got a couple tough ones and there's going to be Preds fans watching those last couple games closely, uh, because that could determine if Minnesota winds up, you know, second, third, if the predators are kind Mm -hmm. of still on the hunt, you know, they overtake St. Louis maybe determine who has home ice advantage for a playoff series against them. So there's a lot of factors to it. Um, In terms of easiest, the Vegas Golden Knights are going to get away with it, aren't they? I mean... They are going to get away with this train wreck of a season and get (laughs) into the postseason. According to Tankathon, Vegas has the easiest schedule Mm -hmm. in the entire NHL for the rest of the season. Uh, They got Arizona, two against the Kraken, New Jersey, Chicago... And three against the Vancouver Canucks. Also, San Jose Sharks mixed in there. Um, yeah, th- they're hard. One of their hardest games, uh, according to Tankathon, is the Dallas Stars. Yes. Like, and I think they have one more against Calgary, too. But these are all like, should be like compared to who Nashville has to play, that should be a cakewalk for a team like Vegas when you You look at them right now and it's like they need wins to get into the postseason like you look at it and say "Uh, i'd probably put vegas on sneaking into a wild card spot
1: yes when you look at their schedule and they also only have 14 games left so as you look at it they you know they don't have very many weeks where they have more than two or three games i'm like they're gonna be lounging at the pool at the mgm just waiting for their next easy game to roll along vegas because of the the schedule and Vegas as a team, you're going to have to keep your eye on. Even though, I mean, really, really, and the other team that I'm like, oh come on, is Dallas. Um, oh, yes. You know they do have 17 games left, but their hardest five games are Tampa Bay, Toronto, Calgary, which is challenging. Minnesota and the Oilers. So, you know, they're not facing the ABS. They're you know. Do we have to give Vegas and Dallas any advantages, NHL? Do we? <laughs> yeah, and
0: they have, uh, let's see, math is hard. They have about yeah. 10 combined games left against Arizona, Seattle, New Jersey, Chicago, Anaheim, and San Jose. Uh, and on. that's that's going to be a key one to me because, of course, that looks like who the Predators are going to be battling for mm-hmm. Positioned in the wild card race and Dallas right now um, has a couple games in hand. Yes. over Nashville. So that is going to be key down the stretch is they're probably going to have a little bit of an easier route than Nashville. Mm-hmm. So that is why we really have to be on our P's and Q's for every other game going forward.
1: For sure. This is going to be an interesting April for the Nashville Predators. They are going to have to clean some things up and they're going to have to play some really difficult games and get some points.
0: Yeah. Well, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about this tomorrow, kind of from the aspect of who would you rather play in the postseason if the Nashville Predators? We're looking at maybe some matchups that might be favorable and some teams we absolutely want to avoid. So that's kind of up on tomorrow's show. Until then, Anne, where can the fine people find your work?
1: You can find my work at ontheforcheck.com And you can find me on Twitter at Anne K underscore Mama on Ice.
0: You can find me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Also be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to our channel, and leave a comment. Let us know what you thought of our takes here today or if there's anything you want us to discuss in a show down the road. That's going to do it for us today on Locked on Predators. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with more Pred stuff.